Welcome to The Open Bell, a podcast for trumpet players, by trumpet players, and a cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoneman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks, Joey Tartell and the evaporating eccentric, Brian Appleby Weinberg. This episode of The Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation. The World Trumpet Federation was created so that you, our trumpet-playing colleagues around the world, could benefit from our expertise and experience. In other words, you know, learn from our mistakes and missteps. Why? Because we believe that the few should suffer for the many. It's home to blogs, videos, and other really cool things that will make your playing better and your overall life even betterer. Go to www.worldtrumpetfederation.com to find your way. And by the Sullivan Stability Training Method, Dr. Jason Sullivan has spent years studying brass pedagogy, kinesiology, physiology, and he has developed a 21st century method of private consultation that enables any wind player to focus on sounding beautiful while he does the math. The Sullivan Stability Training Method is an individualized approach. He works with you daily to give you specifically tailored workouts to develop the strength, coordination, and endurance you need to be a great player. It's all at your own pace and made exactly for you. All you have to do is play and count. The changes each day are so subtle that you won't even recognize your embouchure getting refined right under your nose. Literally. The Sullivan Stability Training Method has helped many players over the years, including our own Dr. Brian Appleby Weinberg, who can play even louder after his accident than he could before, and that is saying something. Thanks a lot, Jason. Visit www.jasonsullivan.com, that's J-A-S-O-N-S-U-L-L-I-M-A-N.com, slash stability hyphen training to find out how you can change the way you play. The Open Bell Podcast is comprised of three segments. Warming up, couple things, and no offense, we use these segments to express, entice, and exact information that we believe is essential to excited trumpet entities. Gentlemen, shall we? Each week, Warming Up is brought to you by Chopsaver. That perfect all-natural lip treatment created by the one and only sons of Dan Archie Gosling. For those long days on the chopper, following Jackson Chibs up to Lodi, you need maximum lip protection. So go to chopsaver.com to order yours today and tell them Sam Crow sent you. Oh, hey, Prospect. I mean, Brian. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wow. This is getting out of hand. You are out. <laughs> sons of Dan Archie. <laughs> Wow. This you're might welcome. change my entire warming up. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> right. Brian, you're up. You're up. I think it should. <laughs> it's great. So um, I just wanted to talk about um, endurance and how to build endurance on the cornet, of course. you know, Coming trumpet. off of tour. Yeah. Brian wants to talk about <laughs> so endurance. It's too late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what's, what's Bill saying? Yeah, you, you, you can't cram endurance. You can't cram chops. You can't cram can't chops. Cram yeah, it's cram not, notes. not possible. Cram chops. Yeah. So, um, so what do you guys do? What do you think about when you're thinking about endurance? I've heard people say, look, if you're playing fundamentally well, you don't worry about endurance. And I'm not sure that that's true. I think you have to be playing fundamentally well to have, like it's a given to, to have endurance. People who don't play fundamentally well seldom have endurance. Um, but what does it mean to you to have endurance? Um, specifically on cornet. And, um, you know, when you put your cornet solo last on your program, or you're playing in the brass band on a show and you have to stand up and do a solo or you're doing a contest piece. Um, He's asking a question in such a way that neither of us are able to answer. <laughs> oh, no way. I am able to answer this question, He's in. but he's not going to like it. <laughs> I, I have theories, but I guess you get to go first. Yeah, all go right. ahead, Bill. Well, I don't need to go first. No, no, because I have much less experience on the cornet, and that's okay. all he seems to be talking about. I do well, have some general theories about endurance. 
I've always felt this way about the cornet when I've switched back and forth, like in brass quintet, like playing Ewald. I like to play the cornet on Ewald. And then yeah, the brass of course band you do. Stuff, you like to play uh, Ewald on the cornet. Yeah, Ewald on the cornet. It's early. I can't. Why are we recording at 5 a.m. today? We have got to stop this. <laughs> I believe this was Brian's idea. Ugh, brutal. Anyway. That's going to come up in our, in our big in this, topic a couple of this things. Decaf coffee is not getting it done. Anyway, I like to play Ewald on the cornet. I don't have endurance issues on the cornet. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. I never do. Because he doesn't play it long enough to find out. No. <laughs> I, <laughs> I've actually played it for really long times. Um, when we recorded the the BAME sextet on my last CD, no, Burma. that was out Burma. Boom. Uh, that was hours of that. Not a thing. And when I nice. play the cornet because of the mouthpiece and all that, I don't get tired ever. So th- is this your theory on endurance? Just play the cornet and you don't get yep. tired? Yep, that's his theory. That's a bad theory. Answer. He's going with it. (laughs) Well, you didn't ask me to like fix it. I'm just telling you, I don't have endurance issues on the cornet. Helpful education model there. You're welcome. Just do it that way. Okay. That's why why he's such a good bumper up. (laughs) Right. Because I'm always ready. Right. I could give him anything to play. No problem. Brian would go. I'm on my teeth. How are you? Fine. It's a cornet. It's not even (laughs) actually real playing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Bill. Stop talking. So Brian, <laughs> I know you're. I know you'll be shocked by this. I've given this a lot of thought. Oh, here we go. You have rules. Yeah, I, I, there are rules. And endurance, endurance essentially means the ability to get the product you want out for as long as you would want to play. Yeah. Right. So make it. Let's make this simple. Let's define endurance. What does endurance mean? So I'm able to play the play the instrument and and have the result I want without you know, any kind of damage or hurting myself and to be able to do that for long periods of time, right? Great. You're, yep, you're saying to, to like the way you played it for a long time. That's exactly. <laughs> exactly I like the way I played it. Right? Okay. So <laughs> I do think that there are two different kinds of endurance. So there are the very stereotypical commercial type guys uh, that play um, high, loud, forceful, you know, in short spurts. So you think of commercial music, which is usually the horn isn't always on the on the face for a long time, but when it's on the face, it's very physically demanding, and yeah. I think that's one kind of endurance, and that's a thing. And but then there's the, for lack of a better term, the classical kind of endurance, which is the horn is on the face for a long period of time, and you're playing for long periods of time that may not be particularly high or low or even technically demanding. It's just a lot of playing over and over and over and over again, which I think is more of what the cornet stuff is in the cornet band, except for the solo part, not first part, because there isn't one, um, as we learned, <laughs> as I learned last week. Unbelievable. And we'll come back to that. You can't, you but can't if, let it go. If you're playing, oh, you know, second cornet or third cornet in, in a band, you might think, oh, I'm going to be fine. But the amount of playing alone, just the horn on face part, yeah. It, it, also has a, a, a need for that kind of endurance and there are ways to build both right so to go directly to your point what do i do for these this is what i think etudes do better than anything else yeah, yeah. so if we're talking about when we're starting out we start out with nice short etudes why well they're accessible they're music and they're building, playing, keeping the horn on your face for, for a certain amount of time. 16 measures when you're in sixth grade is a long time to put the <laughs> horn on your face. Mm-hmm. And then as, if you're really practicing and you get into high school, and there are lots of really great books out there that have you know full-page etudes, and then when you get into college, get into you know characteristic studies, the artistic, uh, what are they called in the, uh, St. Jacobs? Grand artistic studies there, yeah, there two right. page and you Grand know like top tones, you know two page physically, uh, you know physically and musically demanding, 
I think when what you can use along with fundamentally, obviously, good fundamentals are a requirement. That's just built in. But from a musical standpoint, I think this is etudes do this better than anything as far as building this kind of endurance. Hmm. Do you have thoughts on this, Brian? Yeah, well, definitely because they would demand that you you have that dexterity, that touch, that grace, that musical ability to express yourself um, technically at at the end of an etude. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think that's super important. And no rest. And you're responsible for 100% of the music yep. being produced. They're Everything. unaccompanied solo pieces. That's what etudes are. I love etudes. Right. Me yeah. Too. I think you it's should, super important. You should and, write some. I should. Await. Oh, <laughs> Hold on. Now, listen, this was specifically about the cornet. I agree with everything you're saying. You can play your and, etudes and, on the cornet. I understand that. Yeah. But it seemed to me that your question was about endurance on the cornet specifically, not about endurance in general. Or were yeah, you just specifically on the Well, I think what I, mean, I just it's, said it's applies, my part of it, so it's cornet. applies to the cornet is what I'm right. saying. I, I agree. I thought he was talking about the difference between the trumpet and the cornet, and I think that there is. Well, oh, I don't think there is. I think there's a difference between playing trumpet and playing cornet, but I think right. the, the same universal principles involved apply. To apply. So mm -hmm. if you want yeah. endurance on the cornet and you're only playing your etudes on the trumpet, well, you're doing it wrong. Right. So, Brian, you know, that's like if you get the right book, it would say on the front, studies for trumpet, cornet, or flugelhorn, for example. Exactly. For, for right. example. Yes. Just for example. For example. So, Brian, do you, you don't feel a difference between trumpet and cornet in regard to endurance when you play? No. You get equally tired on your teeth on both. <laughs> I'm on my teeth on both. <laughs> yes, exactly. Wow. Yeah. At the same point. See, I don't know whether program. it's the mouthpiece or the ease of the, the facility on the cornet. Endurance is much less of an issue on the cornet for me than trumpet. Wow. But don't, don't you think a lot of the music that you're playing on cornet isn't as demanding as it is as the music you're playing on trumpet? I think it depends on the setting. But if you're working on the same etudes... Well then, have you done a one to one on etudes back to back? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Could play the cornet for a lot longer and be where I want to be than I can on the trumpet. And I don't know whether that's wow, a that's fascinating thing or what, but wow, that's you amazing. Should, you should do the one to one. I like this idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do have. There are two exercises in addition to the the idea of of uh, etudes. And there's if anybody's familiar with the Gecker summer practice of I think it's two thousand he gave to his his University of Maryland studio. Um, he talks, there's in there a an etude, um, I don't remember the name of the etudes, but it's six etudes in 30 minutes. And the idea is that you um, have a timer going and each etude you start at the five minute mark. Um, and they're, they vary in length between like two and a half minutes and they're all two page etudes, very, hmm. two and a half minutes to four minutes and 10 seconds um, and six etudes in 30 minutes. Um, and he, he uses that as um, uh, recital preparation. So at the end of your day, you do these, these six etudes um, by Pore or something like that. Um, and uh, they're really good etudes. They're, they're difficult, um, but they are, they are taxing and they do require a lot of you. Um, and I do them on the, on the trumpet. But there are two other exercises. One um, is on Scott Belk's web, website. He calls it Constant Set. Um, when, when I first learned it from him, it was called Constant Contact, and he adapted it from Vinnie DiMartino. Um, that's about seven minutes, but the horn's on your face the whole time. Um, and I think it's quite an interesting etude, uh, exercise. And then the other one I got from Bruce, um, Bruce Berry, I think, who plays in Chestnut, Chestnut Brass. Mm -hmm. I saw him do a concert once um, when I was teaching at University of Evansville. He came in and did, they did a show. And they start with some big commercial fanfare, you know, 20th century fanfare. And then he proceeds to play every instrument in the history of 
right. of trumpets, right? Right. right? And then they end with some big, big program. It's like a two-hour program, and he's he sounds great on everything, every moment. And so I asked him after the show, I said, you know, what do you do for for endurance practice? And he said, Oh, it's it's easy. He said, I do this routine where I start in Arbin number one, put the trumpet on my face, and then I finish with Arbin number 50, and then I take the trumpet off my face. <laughs> Right. If well, you do that, it's about 45 minutes of the instrument on your face. But you guys, as as I introduced the thing, when I do those, each one of those Clark studies sure. is a constant set. Yep, it's, it is. You know, long tones are set for the two octaves each way, you know, and then same thing. So when you start Clark 3, you keep it on your face until Brian throws yep. up. Exactly. <laughs> That's Clark 2. That's, That's Clark, Clark 2, by two. the way. Yeah, yeah. NBLA. Yeah, so. NBLA. <laughs> um, but um, so inside trumpet today. We're just very, very inside. And remember, I think that, see if you agree with this, you're really building endurance when you're at the end of those sequences, right? Like any other physical activity. Yes. It's the last few reps. It's the last couple of push-ups. It's the last couple of miles, whatever it happens to be, where you're really extending and building. Um, you as know, long as you're still or playing or whatever. fundamentally well. Yes, fundamentally right. well. Because yeah. once you give in to bad technique, you have mm-hmm. lost the effective use of that practice time. Agreed. Yeah. If you change your form on, in the, on the weight machine, you're in trouble. Right. Yeah. All right, cool, Brian. Way to get us rolling here. All right, Joey, what do you have for us? Well, now I want to talk about TV. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you didn't want to talk about TV before? I didn't, but when you said Sons of Danarchy, it, ma- it really made me uh, <laughs> think about some, some things that you should be watching. But, uh, but I'm not going to talk about that today. What I'm going to oh. talk about is this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So uh, we just got back from tour. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Yeah, we are. But, but I came back to my, my my stepbrother and nephew were in my house when I got here because my nephew is applying to colleges, and one of the schools mm-hmm. he's looking at is, is IU. So I took them on a tour. When's the last time you walked around your campus and looked at it through somebody else's eyes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool, right? It, it really is, you know, because then you really – can take a step back. I've been here a long time now. This is my 19th year at IU. So I, I certainly, you know, I'm part of the landscape and I don't really think about it too much and, and we're, we're just going. Uh, so we walk around and he said, well, can we go look at and can we go check out and can we see this and see that? And I'm like, it is really nice here. I do like it here. And, you know, uh-huh. I, I do know that we have a beautiful campus where we uh, uh, offer a lot of things and he, of course, is not interested in music at all. Right. <laughs> so, all right. Like, oh, we're not going to go look at the school of music we're gonna look at the rest of the campus and there's a lot to offer here and walking around i found it uh really interesting to look at my own campus fresh sure have you have you guys thought about this in any way like have you ever like walked around and saying hey this is kind of nice you know because <laughs> it's very easy to get locked in you know your building and your office and your majors and your things and kind of take a bigger look you know i have done this even though i feel no real need to leave my office <laughs> well, no. who would if with who that would? office but i'm but still mad at your office I, I, sometimes i like to walk at my office from different directions outside <laughs> just to look at it because it is the center of campus yes yeah. yes uh well i have because we just we have a new uh building as you know we have a new admissions and welcome center right and so and then behind that they kind of can used to be able to drive through the campus and you can't do that anymore it's it's all this sort of big quad now green area and so all that's new within the last couple of years. So I have been out just kind of walking around, and yeah, it's really beautiful, and it looks great. And it's a completely different place than when I started teaching here. 
Right. Actually, my the car my car is in the shop now. The Corolla is the tan tank is in the shop. Uh, would, so I walk would, I walk to campus. How would, you, how would they work on it if they can't see it? <laughs> well, I did call I did call Joel yesterday, and he's like, uh, "Where is it?" Yeah. Oh, it's right. <laughs> and what's the wrong door. with it? It's like it's right in front of your building. We see a black bumper hovering above the ground, but nothing That's else. It. Yeah, exactly. But I walked um, through our new, um, you know, the Rowan Boulevard, which is uh, something they built. When I was when I first came here, we had um, nine thousand students. This year, we enrolled nearly twenty thousand. Oh my! So the the amount of building and change on campus um, is remarkable. And yeah, I'm, I marvel at it every time we opened a new um, building, a new, uh, I guess it's a classroom building, um, enterprise center or something. Um, on uh, on the main campus this fall so there's a building opening all the time on campus so mm -hmm. yeah i'm i marvel at that it's been cool yeah, yeah I've, I've really found it fascinating to take it taking a fresh look after 19 years and seeing it through my 17 year old nephew's eyes it's like, yeah oh, not a musician pretty that's pretty cool, pretty cool. yeah yeah it was definitely very cool. that part yeah, yeah. and right, the rowan boulevard is very cool all right bill what do you got for us this morning yeah well i'm angry with brian and so I thought this. <laughs> well, who, who isn't? This frankly. would be who the isn't? perfect place to air that. Uh oh, what did what did Brian I mean, do? Look, we just spent Again. a week together. It was bound to happen, you know, I suppose. But Brian and I, after you guys left on Sunday, you slackers, because you couldn't hang. You and Scott bailed. That's right. I had to get back to my something, nephew. Something about catching flights and a campus tour. And, and and well, not all of us were coming back right into spring break. Some of us had to go back to work. Well, I can't help that you're not doing it right. I don't get to make the that count. You're doing it wrong. Anyway, what, what happened do? on Sunday? There were many great things that happened on Sunday after you guys left. In fact, the whole thing just felt different and more at ease. <laughs> Brian, would you agree? Yeah, it was much more relaxed. It was much more relaxed. In fact, I Fun. think when we practiced later that day, um, well, we actually practiced in the Denver airport. We did the thing in the Denver airport. Uh, that was a Monday. To, yeah, I said that was Monday. But I said mm -hmm. to Brian, this feels so much easier today. And he goes, yeah, it's always easier when Joey's not sitting there judging you the entire time. <laughs> I did say that. I, I, I may not have that. been there, but I was judging. I was still you. judging. <laughs> <laughs> Bill may have actually said that, too. Yeah, I oh, I he's did. still judging us. He's sitting in his office judging us right now. Um, but I'm angry with Brian because we got together to practice. And he used this Jason Solomon magic on me. And now my <laughs> mind is completely melted. What happened? Which it was I want, awesome. As you know, I'm working on this challenging piece that Jonathan Reganese yeah. wrote for me. All right. So we're going to premiere later in the spring. And it's got some stuff in it. And so really By the fast. Way, that's, a few that, notes. That's, that's the biggest understatement I've heard in quite a while. It's got some <laughs> stuff in it. As serious notes. Crazy town. It, it might be all crazy stuff. town. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm playing it for Brian and, and I'm a I'm a slow practice guy. Build up the metronome. But I did bump into the thing that Jason talked about, which is you're going to get to a certain point and then not be able to close the gap to the, the original temp to the right. intended tempo. And of course, that intended tempo is is stupid. But yeah, I believe nonetheless, it to be, I believe it to be more than than uh, Hummel third. Movie. Yes, it's definitely yes. faster than Hummel. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, Brian takes me through the process, the Solomon process of practicing at tempo, which I right. think is just bananas. No, you have to do that. But it works. Of course it works. He was so mad. Because you're not doing like eight bars at tempo. You'll do like one beat at tempo or four beats at tempo. Oh, no, this was bars. Right. You'll do like a bar or if that a, doesn't work, even a beat. No, I mean. And then start stretching. 
Yeah, no, we we did what was a Brian like it was like a four bar thing. We decided it was thing. the target, yeah. And then we we went all in with that. You no, know, do this, do this, do this. Stop, do this, do this. And what drove me crazy about it initially was that at, at tempo, when you put a whole bunch of notes together, it starts to get rough, and that does not sit well with me because I think that's a bad rep, and I think no, I'm no, loading no. that into the brain. No, you're not. No, that's just you, what you're loading in is the speed, and then right. you clean it up. <laughs> well. Yeah, that's the part where I started to get angry because then it did clean up. Yeah, of course it did. <laughs> it was just terrible. I was so conflicted. I was so happy because I'm blazing through this passage and I'm getting it. I'm happy about that. Brian is standing there giggling. That was so funny to watch time. him implode. Right, but, you have to, but, you have, I mean, but both of those things are necessary because you've built the fundamental coordination going yeah, slowly. Right. But, you know, it's just not magically going to appear at tempo. This is exactly what I did with that thing I did in Louisville. Like yeah. every day I'm slowing it down and cranking it up. And then every day, at least twice, I'm running it at tempo. Yeah. And then going, yeah. oh, well, that didn't work. Okay. Now, <laughs> you know. But, well, that was terrible. But building both of those things at the same time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But it, yeah, that, so that's I mean, a good reason to be mad at Brian. I <laughs> definitely. Excellent reason. But, but I'm wondering is like, I had done so much slow practice on it. Is that why this was successful? I think both things are necessary, right? Uh, yes, both are necessary. Absolutely. Just yeah, to be you clear. You do both. Yeah, okay. if you just keep, I think if you only think, okay, well, I'm just going to put the metronome on at 145 and just hammer away. You're Who would just put it on at 145? You're just going to yeah. get frustrated. Right. You know, but if you if you have built up, I know how this goes. I kind of know how this goes. And then, all right, now let's try it at tempo. Okay, and then slower and cranking up and cranking up. Now I'll try it at tempo. It's both of those things that build that coordination. Yeah, yeah you have to do both. When I first got it and started to work on it, I thought 145 is ridiculous tempo. I'm going to bargain for 120. <laughs> you know, I'll just negotiate with them to get it down to where I could play. Because it's just, as you know, rows of 16th notes then yeah. weird patterns over and over. And now I don't want to bargain for 120 anymore, but I do want to bargain for 144 because odd-numbered metronome markings are a load of crap. No. no. Now, why? This is because, because of the metronomes no. you had when you were a kid. Because Bill has care. issues. No. I, no. Even numbers. And I'm not the why? only one that says this. But why? Because it's just, look at all the great tempos in the world. They're all even numbers. <laughs> are you saying that tempos, by definition, are better than, some tempos are better than others? Absolutely. Are you, are you the, animal, this is the animal farm of, <laughs> this of is, tempos? No, I'm serious about some this. Some animals are more equal than others. Some tempos are more equal than others. Best, yes, best tell tempo me, in the world. So tell me why you would think like 120 is fundamentally a better tempo than 115. Well, okay, my I just got a headache. Have you ever just gotten a headache? Just out of nowhere, like, bam, I have a headache. Because you said 115. I think I'm more a carrier of that problem. <laughs> You're not symptomatic. <laughs> um, yeah, no, 115 isn't okay. 116 is a but, completely but acceptable You're tempo. You're just saying the same thing over again. Give us a reason other than the, the ending number oh, no, is odd. Because it's just wrong. See, but here, I'm going to tell you why, and you're not copying to this. <laughs> when we were growing up, we, back in the olden days, when you had metronomes, metronomes did not were not digital, and they did not have every number available to That's you. That's right. And right. the only numbers they had available to you were even numbers. So this is what we grew up knowing. Now, that doesn't, by definition, mean it's better. Listen, here's what I'm saying. I'm going to turn your argument on you. 
which is there's a reason they didn't put odd numbers on those metronomes in those days because those were not right. The numbers they put on there <laughs> were the right numbers. <laughs> okay, that's insane. Acceptable numbers because were placed on the metronome. Essentially, you're doing stick. a modified version of I want it that way because it's always been that way, which is always bad logic and bad reasoning. I'm not like that normally with things, except this thing. I don't know what, <laughs> this one, this your one old thing. Man, your old man is showing. <laughs> This is your get off my lawn moment. Yeah. That's what this is. 108, totally fine. 109, right out. Right, but see, this is see. This means you never played uh, movie and TV scores. Oh, right, because they're at like crazy. I, I have played. They have I have to played be. tracking things that say 107.5. Yeah. Oh. Right. Things oh, like it's that. Gonna match. Yeah. yeah. This is this yeah. is. Uh, let's see. Quarter note equals, you know, 61.7. Because no. it's got to line up exactly it's around got to line up time. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's been going on a long time. Anyway, this was just a way for me to say, check out the Solomon stuff if you haven't. And, you know, I don't mind throwing Brian under the bus to say that it was a great idea. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you can be angry at Brian for being right. That's okay. <laughs> it's allowed. That, it's that's, allowed. Re- that's a reasonable thing because it's so Sarah unusual. does it it's so every unusual. week. <laughs> you have to get in on it. <laughs> Sarah does it every week. It's beautiful. <laughs> All right, boys, it's game time. And because... Oh, no. Because... Uh-oh. No, this will be easy today. There's no pressure. We are building up to some really great stuff. You know, it's episode 78. So it the 80th eight episode is going to be landmark. And, you know... It's coming. You got to work on that. It's coming. Anyway, today I thought it'd be great because we're all about the tour and all about our tour recap. I wanted to play a little Great Minds Think Alike. <laughs> okay. So because it's a tour recap, I want to be sure we covered some important ground. I'm not sure what's going to come up in our later discussion, but I wanted to get to the stuff that really mattered today. So here's question number one. I'm going to go the whole way through, and then we're going to compare our notes at the end. Okay. How many questions are there? There are five. Okay. Best meal you had on tour? Ooh. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Because we did well in this regard, I think, this trip. We did pretty well. We did really well. Yes. Was, Although I'm mad that I missed the last one there. Too, you should be. About. Yeah. Because that's where mine came from. And I'm not sure. Well, I'll get back to that. Okay. Yeah. Number two, best performance on the tour for you personally. What was the best show? Number three, what is the most popular car in Durango, Colorado? Question four, best place to hang on tour, no offense to you personally, Brian. Nice. <laughs> Look how confused he is, Joey. Look at his He face. doesn't even know what to do. He's not, I stunned he, him. He, he, he just got a that? headache. He just got a <laughs> yeah. headache right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He got the 115 headache. Yeah. All right. And question five, on what day did JC do the least amount of whining? <laughs> Hold on. This is wow, going to take that's, some work. <laughs> wow, that's a pretty hard comparison. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, I'm ready. Okay. All right, Brian, what do you got? Best meal on tour? La Patio. Yeah. La Patio. Oh. Yeah. That's, I went, I, that's what I wrote down. No, you went right was, to La Patio. Yeah, it was great. Oh. That place was killing. It was, it, was, food. it was really good. Sounds like there's it. a butt coming. 
too spicy for bill no no not at all i love spicy food i have a different answer because you missed the last day uh the smoked bacon (laughs) barbecue mac and cheeseburger from bosk yeah that was pretty good okay that 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 does sound great, but I didn't have that, so I stick no, with Lopatio. That's fine. Lopatio was really great, but this thing had a. Who burger gets credit on it. for picking that place? Brian did. Brian picked it. He the picked vegan, the burger place. The, the vegan, vegan found <laughs> the burger place. They did have a vegan burger, <laughs> which that's was also killing. That's no, not a thing. It's one of those things, though, for me. Like, was it a great meal because it was a great meal, or was it a great meal just because of the company or lack of company made it that way? <laughs> wow. I'm saying offense. Wow. Offense intended. Wow. Okay. Wow, La Patio. Yeah. yeah, that was super authentic New Mexican food, and it was stellar. That was really good. But that burger was, it just hit different. Yeah. That was right. Some might say it slapped. All right. Two. <laughs> you're, best too perform- old. You're, you're too old to say that. My, but I just said it. Yes, yeah. too, yeah. That's why Kate I would, said some might say. Kate would say, don't ever say that again. Yeah, don't say <laughs> too that. Too bad. First Kate's of all, here. don't ever say that again. That's why I said some might say. All right, number two, your best performance for you personally on the tour. Well, you know, I never like any of my performances, um, right. but it was the it was the show at UNM. Yeah, Saturday night. The Saturday night. Mine too. Yeah, I thought that went. I thought for me and actually for the group. I thought, I thought both. For the group, I thought yeah. it was true for both. Were Very good space. Yeah. yeah, I thought yeah, that really worked. We kind of peaked right there on that Saturday night. Although there was something about the show in Durango that it was, I think it was just the fun of being back at it. <laughs> That was very I agree. cool, being back yeah. together. I think we were a little you know. loose, but uh, I yeah. think we played well. It was a good show, but I thought Saturday night we kind of coalesced into kind of this is what we in. sound like. Yeah, yeah, that was good. All right, number three, most popular car in Durango, Colorado. The Outback. Yeah, Subaru. This one's Subaru. Oh, yeah. they're everywhere. You could there's yeah any type of Subaru. But yeah, yeah there you were can't kind of outbacks. you can't sling a dead cat, and I don't know why people <laughs> sling dead cats without hitting one or maybe without two at that Subaru. point. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of old vintage foresters, which I love, is my favorite kind of. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the Subarus are just everywhere. Everywhere. Yep. It looks like Agreed. you have to have a Subaru to to move in there. <laughs> Probably do. They got a foot of snow just after well, we left. There's, no. there's that. Like the day after we we just got out. Crazy. All right. Best place to hang on tour. No offense to you personally, Brian. I don't know how to answer that. Yes, you do. Come on. There's <laughs> only one answer to this. Okay. The house. No, 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 no. Okay, incorrect. So I have no idea. See the, the distillery in Durango. Oh, that was great. It's that not was, close. That place is. No, that's right. It was great. A little patio. It was beautiful on the inside. A little patio with the little heaters out there and no, the no, lawn no, no, chairs. No, no. The distillery. Yeah. The little outdoor. You're in Durango, looking out at the mountains. You don't think the distillery was a better hang? No, that's that's I agree. That's what he's you. talking about. Oh, I thought yeah, yeah, I said so, little patio. No, 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 but they had a patio outside. Oh, we were sitting outside patio. on there. I thought yeah. you were saying la patio. No, the la patio was. was not the most, no. No, but the, yeah, that distillery, right. the distillery, the distillery was in the Durango. In Durango was great. Yeah, yeah. I don't they remember made, a whole lot of met, that night. Where we met the Stetzels. <laughs> we met the Stetzels, that's exactly right. right. Lovely people. Lovely people, the Stetzels. Yeah. The Stetzels are great. Uh, but yeah, they, if you're in Durango, I don't remember the name of the place. It's like distillery. Durango but they make Distillery. cinder. They make cinder dick whiskey. That's their name. Yes. That's their name. Yes, fantastic. But uh, yeah, great hang and a nice little drink there before uh, yeah. dinner. It was great. Yeah, that wasn't close. That was the best hang. It was great. That hang. is true. Although Steamworks, Steamworks, yeah, a lovely place to just sort of be. Sure, but yeah, but the outdoor hang, the nice local bourbon. Yeah, the yeah. outdoor Come thing on. is great. And the yeah. 11th Street, the food trucks, and the sitting yeah. on that deck was. Also, 
stellar. That's true. Anyway. All right, final question. On what day did JC do the least amount of whining? <laughs> Sunday when it was over. <laughs> oh, I actually thought Monday when we started. That was my number two for me. <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinking the Sunday when we got there. Yeah. Before you got tired. <laughs> before I knew what happened. Now, our, you... for, our, for our listeners, our very, very good friend JC was mm-hmm. doing a little bit of pre-tour trash talking, which is why we're doing the post-tour trashing of him of yes. us, how uh, the shape he was in and the, what we we're going to be doing and how the hang that was going to be had and how he was going to essentially crush us in all areas. Yeah. And, and our very, very good friend was usually uh, ready to turn in by about 8.30. 8.30 was the number? That's what, That should have been the question. The number. What time every night did JC go to bed? 8. 30 30. we were actively performing (laughs) right and then even then i'm not sure (laughs) (laughs) then it was 8 40 then it was 8 40 the place in the place in durango is called durango craft spirits oh there we go yeah Yeah, go check it if you're anywhere near durango go there go check it out great it is spectacular it really is really well done all right boys time for a couple things Well, it's happening, right? The world seems to be opening back up, and that means concerts, recitals, and best of all, tours. As our listeners and followers may know, we uh, just got back from a long-awaited tour of New Mexico and Colorado, a week-long adventure that has Trombomundi back on the road doing what we do best, eating and playing the trumpet. So today's episode is devoted to our recap, tour recap, and the things that we learned while undertaking this endeavor. Boys, what are your takeaways from the tour? Okay. I'm ready for this. Brian, you're you going said, first. You, you got said, one? yeah. You All said, right. you said, come up with five, right? Sure, five. I came up with about twenty. I've okay. got twelve. All right. So here's my first one. I follow instructions. I have five. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there are there I rules. I whittled it down. There are rules. There were rules. You handed them rule. down. It's a rule. <laughs> yeah. So the first thing is hanging is officially stupid. Look here. <laughs> wait. Hear me out. Hear Hold me out. No. Look. During the tour, we spent no time watching TV. We spent all this time talking to each other, sitting around, eating great food. Yeah. Um, we caught up with each other. Right. We talked about performing. We talked music. We talked trumpet. We had fun. It's a complete waste of time. That's called hanging. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's a waste of time? Completely you think we should have been time. catching up on Days of Our Lives? Yeah, yeah well, something. I- I was pretty proud of us. That was a massive TV in that house, that Airbnb house, and we never turned it on. It once. didn't go on no. one time. Not even one time. Yeah, yeah. come so on. We had stuff to catch up on. What yeah. do other people do in their lives? Don't they watch TV? Um, I watch TV, but that's aren't they, I aren't they on the internet nonstop? I mean, scrolling and scrolling and not talking to people. Isn't yeah. that the way we're supposed to spend our time? I don't. This seemed no. so weird to me. Your that's, my, argument, that's my takeaway. Your argument against hanging is ridiculous. It's fantastic. <laughs> so Brian's contention is you should be alone wearing earbuds and like a headset. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. you'll be happy. Yeah. yeah. You need to, you need to uh, if you haven't read or seen Ready Player One, you need to read that book. Uh, the movie's okay. The book is, is much more compelling as it often mm. happens. Read, read Ready Player okay. One. You'll Ready love it. Ready Player One. Cool. Yeah. All right, Joey, what do you got? Well, oddly enough, it's tangentially related to what Brian just said. <laughs> um, there is no substitute 
for being in person. You know, oh, we've yes. done everything. We do, you know, we do a lot of stuff online, and we've had to do a lot of stuff online. And I think we all know this, but being out there and doing one rehearsals, uh, concerts, clinics, lessons. You know, uh, we've all done a lot of Zoom lessons and Zoom masterclasses, and there's some effectiveness that goes with those. But it's not as good. Period. I, I'm not even saying that it's different. It is different. But what I'm saying is, in person, it's just better. Period. Period. Yep. Yeah, totally I don't agree. Think there's any way around it. Nope. We've all done those master classes, right? Across country, whatever. But being there in person, making connections is the way to go. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. I mean, I've set myself up here and I've done a bunch of these over the past two years. And I hope I've been to as some ways effective. But boy, being in the room with the kids at New Mexico and, and, and the students out at uh, Fort Lewis College Fort Lewis, with our good yeah. friend, yep. uh, Dr. Joe Nibley, out there meeting them in person, being there. Yeah. There, it's it's just better. There's no way around it, right? That's my Absolutely. number one. That's it. That's great. Yeah. All right, Bill. I, uh, my number one, I want to live in Durango, Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me jump in here for a second as, as the, I think, only reasonable one of the three of us when we were in Durango. Brian we and I were not there. reasonable at all. We're not reasonable the at all. Two of you, the two of you... <laughs> We're both ready to call home and put your houses on the market and then just yes. wait for your wives to come join you yes. out yep. there. There's exactly. no need for me to come back and deal with any of that. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. yeah. Now, to be fair, if you haven't been to Durango, you, to be you fair. get to... Do you get to, to the Rockies, fair. and then there, it's this nice little basin right there in the Rockies. Oh, man. It is... Uh, it's a, it's a good-looking good town. Spectacular. Stunning. The town. mule deer running down the street at midnight was cool. Or actually, cool. right outside the bookstore. Yeah, right. Yeah. So we go in there, we go to the yeah. bookstore, and we look out the window and close enough to touch out the window. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're about We're half a dozen there, of them just hanging the out. No offense, yeah. Brian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, amazing cycling culture, beautiful place to live. Obviously, fitness, you know, and outdoor activities are the thing to do there. And uh, gosh, just gorgeous. Go Durango. Yeah, driving up to the up to the the college right on that hill. Yes, that's beautiful. A hill. That's a mountain. <laughs> that's a climb. No Seeing the bikers it. going up and down it. Just a little bit of a riser, Joey. You'll be okay. <laughs> Bill was super jealous. I was. <laughs> People on bikes everywhere. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Brian, round two. Go for it. Okay. Uh, second thing. It turns out, like I am great at planning travel times. You. I'm just am, I'm amazing at that. <laughs> okay. It was perfect no. on both ends. It was not. Setting my alarm at 3 a.m. both directions is not good. It was 3 a.m. both directions. It was painful. <laughs> That's brutal. It was pretty that brutal. brutal. No, but I will yeah. say this on the way back, Brian could not recall either aircraft taking off. Nope. He Out got for in both the plane, of them. He got in his seat and Okay, that's He's just good out. work. That's that's yeah. good. Out cold. Yeah, I'll be planning the trips next time. And we got back in time for me to conduct the university brass band on Monday night. Wanging. <laughs> yes. Wagging. Did you change Wanger. into a turtleneck for that, or did you wear it on the plane? I wore it on the plane. You wore it on the plane. <laughs> there you go. See, because you were gone by then, we all wore turtlenecks on the way home. <laughs> oh, of course you did, because I just left all the conductors there. So uh, yeah. I don't know so much about that. <laughs> I don't know that all the conductors were left there. Oh, yes, they I were. We'll probably, I think we'll probably come back to that. Oh, I figured that was coming we, up. We may come back to that. <laughs> we might come back to that. Be on somebody else's list too. <laughs> All right, Joey, what do you have for us? Here's what I found. Okay, so 
we teach it at very different places, right? You know, uh, you know, uh, uh, Brian's hip Jersey cat out there on the East Coast, mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. at the Catholic school right there in, in, uh, in Pennsylvania, is. and I'm at Just a big giant, big giant state home. school in the Midwest, and then here we are out at New Mexico, and then uh, up at a small, you know, private school up in Fort Lewis uh, College up in Durango. The music part of this is universal, right? I think yep. this gets lost an awful lot. It's all the same <laughs> mm-hmm. stuff. So it's it's really you know wherever we are we're running we're doing the same things that everybody's everybody studying music is doing the exact same thing. There's a universality to it that I think sometimes gets brushed over because well here you do this or here you do that and here you do this and it gets ultra specific. But point being out and watching that being here and going there and doing all these things, I think we get lost in that. We can st- take a step back and like we're all the the interested students we saw and we see everywhere. The music part of this is universal, and we got to remember that part. I think it's too easy to let that go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It's like you're confronting the same things and talking about the same things. You know, just transplanting people in and out. But it's the students are great, right? Mm-hmm. And the students want to learn, and everybody's all in, and it, it works the same way. Yeah, great observation. What do you got um, for number two there? All right, number two for me. This is kind of an interesting one. Brian's gonna like this. That Pete Bond is one of the coolest people I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. He, he's hilarious for one thing, but to sit and listen to him talk about his time in the opera and on and functioning on all that processing that on all the levels that are happening at one time is just fascinating yeah. to me. Okay, for for those listening. Pete, as we've talked about here before, he played in the Metropolitan Opera for about 28 years, uh, mm-hmm. was one of Brian's yeah. teachers. Brian did his doctorate with him and has recently retired, and he moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico, where he had played in the symphony before he had come to the Met. He and his wife liked it out there, so they bought a house on top of a mountain and invited us up when we were out there. So he, was a, he and, and his wife, Carla, were amazing hosts, had us out for an evening that was fantastic. And it's you're amazing. right, the, the more I'm around Pete, the more I want to be around Pete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he came out to hang with us uh, as well on Sunday on after Sunday. you guys left. I, it seemed like he was almost waiting. <laughs> but at any rate, that's not important. What matters is, yeah, he came out to hang with us and brought trumpets and to the house, and it was really cool. He's just all in all the time. And yeah. he will he will say, he, he, he gets up in the morning, he looks around his house, and he says, what did I do to deserve this? Yeah, because it's spectacular and he yeah. can't figure out how he played the trumpet all these years and it resulted in this it resulted in that. Yeah. <laughs> well, he is he is pretty good. Yeah, he does play OK. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there is that and still yeah. plays OK. Yeah. All right, Brian, round three. Fantastic. OK, so um, I guess more than ever, um, it, it interests me to hear how inside the group the sound and time and pitch is so different than in the hall. Cause you know, I never think we sound good. And, and then I listened to, I listened to part of a recording from one of our shows. I'm like, well, you know, that actually sounds pretty good. Uh Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. It was, it was a little weird. I'm you know, um, and so inside, like, so if you guys are, you know, if listeners are playing in their own groups and yes, you should make it as clean and beautiful as possible, right where you are. But set a recording device out in the hall and listen. Um, that might be a better judge of what's happening because lots of stuff just doesn't get off the stage. Right? Did you even like our balance? You know, like when you were playing? No. 
Nobody plays up to me. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> no, it's true. I, I didn't realize. I don't know if this will still be true when this comes out, but our performance at the University of New Mexico was uh, live streamed on YouTube and is still on their YouTube channel as of today, our recording time, because I had sent a note to my uh, mother and who missed the note. Then, then the next morning said, oh, it's on YouTube. I'll just watch it. So I came in and, oh, I didn't realize. It was so I watched a couple of, of tunes from it. Yeah, some of it's not bad, right? We sound good. Yeah. We sound yeah. good. It, and it's true. When you're sitting in the group, two things can happen. It's really easy to focus on what you're doing mm-hmm. <laughs> and then go, oh, crap, I'm, I suck. Or it's easy to focus on what other people are doing <laughs> and going, oh, that person is not doing it right. Instead of focusing on what does the group sound like, which yeah. can often be, oh, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Sure. So head over to... Uh, just get on YouTube, and it, I think it's music at University of New Mexico, and their YouTube channel pops up. You, uh, It might still be there. You can check it out and yeah. tell us what you think. Yeah, remember, we miss no notes on the show. We don't miss notes in live performance, so. Never happened. It, it'll be no. it'll be perfect. They'll enjoy yeah, it. As far it's, as you know. It's note perfect. That's <laughs> yeah, that's what music exactly. is all about. That's Never right. Happens. Exactly. Yeah. Never happened. All right, Joey, what do you got? What do I have? Hold on. I can't read my own writing. Oh, I got this. I don't want to get negative. Uh so I want to put it this way. You get in what you get out what you put in because we went right. some places. Uh, John had a little bit of frustration. Our good friend, John, who was hosting us um, at there were some uh, some students out there that just either had other things or made some choices not to attend a couple of these things. Mm-hmm. And John was a little frustrated by his students. And this happens everywhere. You know, yes, it happens everywhere. Said, yeah. Oh, yeah, we have. And he seemed a little surprised. Oh, at IU. I said, oh, absolutely. So yeah, for students out there, you know, it always feels like everybody's always busy. And to a certain extent, I guess that's partially true. So you do have to prioritize. But boy, when there's something available that's not always there, go check that out. Yeah. You know, so you get out of this what you put into this. And so for I think the students that that came in and made that extra effort, I think they enjoy I think they got something extra. Yeah, you know, this I think week so. ba- out in Colorado and in New Mexico, that is not just another week in school, you know. And right. I think that's important that when you have those opportunities, jump on those opportunities. Yeah, that's great. Thought about that? Well, yeah. I mean, that's why we do those things, right? That's why we go to the trouble to to bring folks in and to create special events. And I look back at, you know, undergrad school and thought about some of the most memorable times and memorable things that happened were those weekends where there was everything, right? A mm-hmm. performance, a master class, an extra performance the next day, plus you had a lesson and there was something going on. And at the time, it was just chaotic. And now it seems it's too easy to say, oh, there's just so much, I'm going to leave something out, I'm not going to go. But when we were doing that, those were the weekends that were memorable, right? Those experiences yeah. where it was just all piled up and it was way too busy. But you look back and think, wow, I'm glad I caught all of it. And think about, yeah. you know, we spent some good time at the University of New Mexico. It was Trumpet Week there. We took like a little right. two-day jaunt up to Durango. There are now students there, and I'm terrible with names. I know some names there because those were the students that came to everything we did. That's right. They were in. They were asking questions. They were checking stuff out. And I know those students. And I think those students got they got what they wanted to get and what we were trying to offer out of this, which is really important. Right. Yeah, uh, and you should always open yourself up to a to a different experience. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you never know what you're going to get. Maybe it's, maybe it's bad, but maybe something someone says really speaks to you and sparks a new path for you or a new moment of growth I, I think it's really important to do that and be open to it and it it might mean that you have to put some other things on hold for the weekend or those couple of days 
but it will be worth it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but you're right, Joey. And think about that from the student perspective, right? The networking thing. If Mary or Addison reach out to me, mm-hmm. you know, because they were at master classes and they they got lessons and all those things, yeah. I think those I think those students are amazing, and I'm going to support them and do whatever I can to help them. Right. Yeah. But if I don't know the other ones, because well, because they weren't there. Yeah, because they're going <laughs> to say, "Hey, I was at New Mexico," and I'm like, "Go." How? I was nice. out, out there. Well, yeah, I was, yeah. I was kind of busy. I had a thing. Okay. I was okay. tired. I got it. Yeah. I was tired. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Where are we? Number three for you, Bill? I think we're at number three. This is kind of a personal one um, because in the past I, I'd kind of struggled a little bit with this because I know from the outside I appear to be calm mostly. At least people tell me that. But, you know, uh, sometimes in the playing thing, especially getting started, a little unsettled. But then I decaffeinated myself. Oh, you know, right. A while back. All right. And I just wanted to talk about that for a minute because I believe that it really works. Because no matter what, you're going to get that shot of adrenaline adrenaline when it's time to stand there and play and do whatever you have to do. But, man, I was just leveled out. And yeah, it you were pretty really calm. good. It yeah. was the easiest thing. And I don't know whether, you know, familiarity with the book or just so glad to be back together again. But it was, I had no surges of anything. And it was pretty awesome. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah, we've talked a little about this, like you know, performance anxiety and things like that. Yeah, and we have. I have I have often been accused of being too comfortable on stage, so um, <laughs> I'm anywhere, worried that if really. I decaffeinated, I might just drop into a coma <laughs> on stage, uh, sleep through the show. <laughs> exactly, just wake me up when we're done. But yeah, I have seen, I have seen that. But I did feel relatively comfortable as well, and you were definitely calm all the way through, which yeah. was really good. We you, knew, the, we knew the music pretty well. Job. But you, you have a harder job because Much we make more you difficult. do all the talking. Well, that's okay. I mean, yeah. that's not the part that freaks me out. It's just sometimes it's the back and forth, you know, when you're like, oh, oh that's right, this is next. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you flipped the switch really well, though. Well, thanks. No, try to good. do that. But I think the overall, I, I'm, I think I'm on to something here with this lowering the baseline, right, with the decaffeination <laughs> and all that, just making sure that you're not already, you're not giving your body any reasons to take off, you know, <laughs> when that urge is there. So, but it, from uh, that from right, that we, regard, it was cool. Yeah. Wait, you don't have an Apple Watch, do you? No. We need to get you one of those. We should. We might want to check resting heart rates before and during shows. Oh. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. Like that'd be interesting to see. Like, do, do we? Is it literally a like we walk on stage and tick, 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 does that happen or not happen? Right. Yeah. Oh, I like this idea. Yeah. That would be cool. Okay. I'll just wear my bike heart rate monitor. Oh, that whole thing tape on your chest and put stuff? Put my computer on the bell. Oh, my That's gosh. Right. My bike crazy computer. person. You're like, why is your heart rate so high when you're going zero miles an hour? Because <laughs> <laughs> the show is at 7,000 feet. Yeah, because I don't think mine moves. That's yeah. I'm going to look. Yeah. Yeah. That was the other thing, too, right? We're playing at at. Altitude. I told you guys, don't tell me. It's, it's not, not a thing. thing. I know. Yeah. And we were all fine. Yeah, it was good. This is a result was, of good practice. It was good. Yeah. All right, Brian. Well, so I, d- I did want to talk about the result of good practice or just good practice. People do need to know that the thing is real, that this is actually something we do every day. And that I was able to convince, I mean, Joey could have done the show just taking his B flat trumpet, right? Cause the bass was out there right? and you didn't have to play anything else. Right. And you still brought all your horns. I traveled with six yeah. trumpets, right? Yep. And, and Bill did too. And so did I, mm-hmm. and we did the thing every day. Yep. And then when Bill and I were traveling, we had the luxury because of my excellent planning. We had breakfast in 
in Denver, breakfast at the Denver airport. And then we did the thing. We sat right there at the gate and spent two hours and just played through the whole thing, had our metronome Mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Played through the whole thing. It was great. Although what I I wasn't really prepared for the um, speed increase of everything. Joey really does go up one click every single day on the metronome. So I thought as a collective, we're kind of moving up. Let's keep, let's cruise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which we did. Yeah, See, that's did. funny, Brian, because from my perspective, it was uh, making a spectacle of ourselves in the Denver airport uh, preceded by a $29 egg McMuffin. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess it's all the way you look at it. It's I, all about actually, perspective. The, the Denver airport is actually a good place to practice because they have those long moving sidewalks and then yes. the chairs right next to them that aren't always right next to a gate. So if yeah. you just put if you just camp out right there with a practice mute, there aren't a lot of people that stop right there and you can just play. Yeah, I've done that in the Denver airport before. That's actually a good airport in which to practice. Yeah, yeah we, we just sat in the corner of a gate. Yeah. yeah, right at our gate, got there early enough. And because of Brian's excellent planning, our layover was only mm, five hours. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so It was only four hours, which oh, was yeah, perfect. Four. It seemed like five. but We could eat for an hour. We practiced for two hours, relax, right. and then get some reading done, and then board yeah. the plane. It was, it was awesome. perfect made, planning. Made a lot of friends. It was fantastic. <laughs> We're going to go back. You know, just, just to, to the Denver airport. airport. Yeah. It is a good practice space. Yeah. All right, Joey, you're up. Is this number four? Well, it's four? funny. I, I, yeah, I, I actually have practice down as this uh, as well. The idea of, you know, when you're in your normal ho- home routine, you, you hopefully can have your practice time carved out. And when you travel, that always is the first thing that's easiest to get screwed up. So I have mm-hmm. this thing down. I wrote down practice that we did. We got up. We're like, okay, what time does it start? We got to get up early in that. And Brian was even going running a couple times before that, <laughs> which just seems like a crazy idea because running's not good for you. It's bad for your knees. That's um, a terrible idea. Yeah, it's a terrible idea. But we couldn't well, get you guys wouldn't let me, there. Yeah, you guys wouldn't let me bring the bikes. Well, well we you can't travel with six horns and bikes. There's and a limit. Bikes. So, <laughs> no, we can um, pay extra. They'll it cost everything. To find out what the cost is, well, and then we have to put it somewhere. And yeah, but the, but the idea that we still get up, practice, and then we we hopped in the room and we were rehearsing, you know, as we do. Uh, uh, that that's I don't it, think that's important. called rehearsing. What we do. <laughs> yeah, that's for another <laughs> you know, episode. Yeah, a, we'll we'll get into that later. But <laughs> but the idea that you know when you're out and away, and not just at what we're doing, but just any time. The practice part of this absolutely is is vital, important. You know, we're out for a week. You can't just not practice for a week. That's just not okay. Right. No. No. So yeah, the, I, I found the practice part, and you know, so the three of us could pull a chi- pull a chair up, and put the metronome on and go, you know, and uh, and bother JC. I thought I found to be uh, a great part of this for me. It was very <laughs> yeah. it was like great. The morning when he sticks his head in the door and goes, "Did you all bring E flat trumpets?" <laughs> And then like, he had he had never noticed before that we have flugelhorn practice mutes. Right. He's like, right. that's the other part I, of this. I have never seen flugel practice mutes. And I said, it also fits in the bass trumpet. <laughs> he did, he I think I broke him at that point. Yeah, he just walked away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the schmute, right? We have schmutes yeah. for the pick and schmutes for the, yeah. oh, the schmute. I will tell you that we've talked about this, but the schmute, uh, the piccolo practice mute, it's the only piccolo practice yeah. mute that I've ever played that's good. Yep. Yeah. got to do it. Yeah. And we did try several different flugel practice mutes, yep. right? We tr- tried uh, several different options. We had to but send the back. the mute one is nails. Mute one's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's the way to go. All right, Bill, number four for you. Well, you know, as you stated, we did stay in an Airbnb, which was the way to go. Like right. everyone in the same place, and yep. and we all got along fine. Uh, and it dawned on me. I thought about this afterwards that 
if snoring were an Olympic sport, <laughs> we would still be known as America's premier trumpet ensemble. <laughs> well, it was. I, I don't uh, know if you guys now. Brian, of course, sleeps with white noise. I'm just going to put this out. There. Hold on. No, let's. Bef- that's an we, understatement because you, I know you paid the price this time. I've paid no, the price before. It, it's not just white noise. It's the volume. It's like has to be as loud as he plays cornet. Yeah, well, it's everything. <laughs> it's, everything with him is louder. So it's I, not so, just like a little. This is all true. <laughs> this is, they're no, not making this like up. A blind, I wake up in the middle of the night and think. Am I inside a 1970s TV that is just signed off for the day? Yes. Like that is what, what it's, it's like. just like blaring static. I in I my defense, it. the reason is that Joey snores like a freight train. <laughs> That's true. I've roomed with Joey on tour before. I'm not the only one that that snores oh, like no. a freight train. I think everyone everyone participates, but everybody I remember the just being there after everyone gone to bed. I was still awake and I could hear it all. It was coming from the from downstairs, next door, across the hall, accompanied by a <laughs> and it was all still getting through. It was yeah, amazing to that, me. That's fa- that's completely fair. Yeah, but yeah. Brian, you also snore. I do snore. Yeah, yeah, because uh, there was at least one night where you went out before I went out. I'm like, he has he has his own white noise. What the heck? <laughs> I was actually texting with Sarah while we were on the trip, and she said, "This is the best I've slept <laughs> in years <laughs> since the pandemic." Right? Because I've been See? home all the time. These tours are necessary. <laughs> They're good for the people in our lives. Yeah. Do, all of a sudden, she's very tired. Amazing. <laughs> wow. All That's right. awesome. All right. all right. I'm ready for number five. Brian, for me. pick your last one. All right. So I'm. I, I hope I'm not uh, usurping your fifth one bill no but it came out on tour mm-hmm. that joey is also a conductor and former music director wagger hold on. wagger now hold on wagger. i have an exclamation point after I, it on my ipad this just means wagger three years as a music director hold on concert a you are conductor concert bank you I are have, a wagger wagger i have never hidden this i have said very clearly <laughs> i've talked about it on this podcast that my job wagger. when i started at saint joseph's college was the assistant band director job i uh, you cop to doing the pet band and almost getting a technical foul <laughs> I, I all yeah I, band I, director I twice the, I, I did the women's basketball band i assisted uh-huh. with the marching band uh-huh. and i can and i was and i conducted oh, the oh, second oh, oh, concert the band. second oh. concert band I'm That's sorry, music you director. You did what with the second concert band? You heard me. I have not denied this in the past. You are a wagger. I've been very I've wagger. Been, I for those three years, I conducted a concert. You band. are a pot calling the kettle wagger. <laughs> Turtlenecking. Turtlenecker. I, I also will cop to this. In the, the when I was getting ready, I Here was talking comes. to the band director. I said, "I'm going to need help with this. I've never done this before." And I said, do I have to use a baton? And he said, I mean, I, I don't, you know, and those of you who grew up in this industry and you do these sorts of things, so like that's just sort of what you do because you know how to use that. So I tried in my first rehearsal with a baton and that went right out. Right out. <laughs> I, I can't do that. So what I found is like I can rehearse, you know, help me, he help me pick music. And then uh, I know how to rehearse stuff and I get it sounding good and I can keep people together. That was pretty much it. So you're saying you're Kurt Mazur's boy. No, no baton. No baton. Wow. 
Yeah, that's that's pretty much where I was going. <laughs> Doesn't matter, baton or not, you are a wagger. You're a wagger. I think it's was a wagger. No. no you have to carry that with you for all time. You're in. It's a Scarlet W. <laughs> <laughs> the Scarlet W. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I have this, not denied this. this. I have this talked about that job openly. And, I'm and, not hiding. To, to all verbal abuse about wagging internal necks and batons and cases, which, by I've, the way, I don't have. I've never used I, well, I never used a baton in a concert, and I've never worn a turtleneck. Doesn't matter. Yeah, wagger. Wagger. Wow, you guys are hard. It was a revelation to me. I didn't know that you had also conducted yeah, the concert band. You kept it from us. Yeah, yep. I did not keep it from No, me. you did. You guys just don't listen to me. In, oh, the, in a moment man. of drunken weakness, he admitted. That <laughs> oh, was the job. Okay, Wagger. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right, Joey, what's yours? All right. Last uh, one. This is, a, this is very, very important because when you get the opportunity to travel, there are lots of great things to experience. And we were performing, we were rehearsing, and we were teaching, we were playing, we were exchange of ideas. But really, really, the primary reason to get out and travel is for food. The food. Yes. It's for food. Yeah, and food. let's be clear about this. New Mexico did not disappoint. I'm actually <laughs> oh. a little mad at John Marciando. Because, of course, I knew about the New Mexican stuff. You know, I'd been, we'd been out there before. And if you want a breakfast burrito and you're in Albuquerque, you just head right over to Frontier. They Frontier. just do that. It's great. And, I, and you guys, we went back there, and you guys had some pancakes there that look great. Pancakes, I'm not having yeah. pancakes when there are burritos available, but <laughs> I understand. We were, we were honoring Tom Hutchinson. Exactly. Yeah. So, But all the food there looks really, really good. And then we went out to La Patio, and that New Mexican food was amazing. But then one night, we're like, we're in. Can we just pick up something, bring it back? And, and John says to us, well, we get some pizza. And I thought, there's pizza in New Mexico? I'm from New Jersey and, you know, there's an argument nationally about, you know, Chicago pizza. Okay, fine. New Jersey, New York pizza. New Jersey's been voted best pizza in the country. Come on. Yeah. What else? Pizza in in Albuquerque, New Mexico. But that pizza was very, very. Totally killing. So I'm I'm a little mad now that there's that also. And of course, I had to sneak in being a Texas native. I did not realize Whataburger had gone that far west. So we did a little sneak in of some Whataburger. So the food part, you know, was just, that's the reason to get out and travel. There's different food mm-hmm. where you don't live and you should go out there and invest in that. And so I found that to be a, a really great part of our tour. Uh, also up in Durango. The food was great up in Durango. Yeah, as well. excellent. It was. Yeah. yeah. Great so. chicken wings in Durango, Colorado. Who would have thunk Oh, it? that's right. Yeah, was, that's which right. brewery was that? That was uh, Steam, Steamworks. Steamworks. That's right. Chicken you were very happy with those. Yeah. So Chicken Wings and Steamworks, phenomenal. Um, and then the 11th Street wood-fired pizza. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's yeah. really Durango, great. Colorado. If yeah, you're yeah, there, yeah. Just, just go to 11th Street. And I want to say this. This isn't my last one, although it was going to be, but the power of the ilk is amazing, right? So, like, we're standing on the street corner, and I'm like, who we need to have somewhere to eat. So what do I do? I go into a bike shop. In the bike shop. I walk back to the repair desk, the service guys, and I go, hey. Because they know. Just in town, I ride. I'm from Pennsylvania. Oh, man, how are you? Good. Hey, where do I eat today? What do you want? What do you <laughs> like? Well, there's six of us roll over the map. I got you. You're going to go down the street to 11th <laughs> Street, right? You're going to run into all these food trucks, anything you want. Boom, done. And there's a ton of restaurants there, but that yeah. guy hooked it up. Totally yeah. nailed it. Right on it. All over it. Went and back then, a second time. The pizza in Albuquerque was Dion's. 
Dion's. Dion's. Right. I That's didn't right. remember the name. Yeah. Frontier it's, Restaurant. It's El Patio and Dion's. Yeah. La Patio. La Patio. La Patio. Yeah. Yeah. Not El Patio. No. Hmm. It's La. Isn't it La Patio? I swear. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I think burger. they have I'm two. I think they have two. They started more downtown, and we went to the one that was a little bit out because they had outdoor seating. Right. Right. It's great. I'm still stunned from terrific. the burger. The burger on Sunday. <laughs> Um, so my last one, and this, Joe, you kind of already said this, but I, I think it's worth repeating from this angle, too, is that this music thing is a vehicle to meet really cool people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, we met some really phenomenal students, amazing mm-hmm. students up in Durango um, in particular, but and, and in New Mexico as well, but in Albuquerque. But, man, just the chance to go in and work with folks and meet them. And, and I will say this, the students at, at, at Fort Lewis were over the moon about the concert they right. were so grateful that we were there to play and then we got to teach them the next day and it was it was really outstanding absolutely yeah absolutely and, and it's harder to make that kind of connection through a computer screen especially when you consider yeah. the performance part of it yeah you know so being there and meeting yeah making those connections it's it's great you know Crucial. you gotta get out and meet people spending the time and and being there in addition to the concert i think was was crucial right like doing extra stuff and being around yeah, it was mm-hmm. beautiful. No, it, sure. was, it was absolutely great. I did have a couple other, if you don't mind, a couple honorable mentions I'd like yeah. to throw out. Let's go. Right. Go. Okay. I'm still not convinced about the Southwest Airlines method to board a plane. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I, I'm, I'm a fan, but um, I've we got been using perfect Southwest seats for decades. We all yeah. sat together. We it did. was no the, problem. The whole thing I'm, about, I'm yeah, a, I mean, I'm a fan. Cho- choosing your seat is cool, I guess. But that's okay. Yeah. Um, the American West is absolutely stunning. <laughs> Southwest. Like if you, if you, well, yeah, Southwest. But if you got to go, if yeah. you get a chance to go, just go. Get Even the drive, the right, the drive from ABQ up to Durango, oh, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. yeah, we got to go through Radiator Springs essentially. Exactly. <laughs> right. We got to go through a, a town that probably has a population of 150 that had three speedways. <laughs> no other <laughs> restaurants. Funny. And nothing else. What was it? <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> um, and finally, and you heard it here first. Plans in place for the Trauma Mundi Christmas album. Yeah. It's actually, it, it it's might actually, actually happen. It's going to actually gonna happen. happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. Which is the kind of thing that this ensemble has needed for years. It's a great idea. <laughs> this is a great idea. Yeah. All right, boys. It's a great recap. Time for no offense. We love to hear from our listeners, and a cool thing on this tour was meeting folks from New Mexico and Colorado who tune in weekly to the podcast. Right. Uh, It was great to meet them and talk to them in person, (laughs) and of course, we encourage them and you to contact us all the time. Tell us what you want to hear about. Let us know how we can help you. So for those of you that have not written in yet or contacted us, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) Fair. Yes. No offense. I think think all three of us had some one-on-one time with a student who went, (laughs) it's it's kind of funny to hear your voice in real life. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. yeah. You look right. way better on the podcast. Yeah. But you're absolutely yeah. right. If you are not, exactly. you know, if you're listening and you want to know something, email us. Theopenbellagmail.com. Yeah. Just send us an email. It's we'll easy. get back to you. And special shout out to Leaf, who was at our show at UNM. Right. Right. Uh, what a great guy. And all in with the podcast. I had a really beautiful conversation with him afterwards. And I know he's a regular listener. So I wanted to give him a shout out for that because he is he's following us and has some really amazing questions about things. And uh, so it was really cool. He's doing some great playing out there, too. People are mm-hmm. really happy with the way he plays. Yeah. Yeah. So 
All that is great. Super nice guy. All right, boys. Well, that should about do it for today. Stay tuned. Tell your friends and neighbors and tune in next time. So long from now. Remember to keep an open mind, but more importantly, an open bell. Today's broadcast is not intended as professional, financial, or legal advice. Void where prohibited. Batteries not included. Must be present to win. This bag is not a toy. Do not eat. Removing tag voids. Warranty. No animals were harmed in the filming of this episode. Any resemblance to any person living or dead or trombomundi is entirely coincidental. Actual retail price may vary for university presidents. See dealer for details. This film has not yet been rated. Product void in the UK. No offense, Brian. This Clark book has been sanitized for your protection. Use only as directed unless being played on flugelhorn. Offer void in New Mexico. Special thanks to our amazing staff, legal consultant, Press Blow and Hope, Mr. Tartel's gardener, Moses Lonergan, Dr. Appleby Weinberg's repair team, Earlham Twice and Estill Hiram, Valve Alignments by Lucy Goosey, Mute Control Officer, Turner Luce, Alexander Technique Consultant, Lois Steam, Ratings Analyst, Luke Warm, Studio Furniture by L. Ron Cubbard, Jazz Editor, Stan and Crankit, Tax Firm, Candace B. Rittenoff, On Air Sensor, Jeff Icka. Studio sound design, Lois Bitter. Ear training specialist, Colin Response. Mr. Tartel's wardrobe designer, Harley Fitzhugh.